0: Welcome to Conversation with a Chef I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs It's the backstory, if you will to the food they're putting up Today's chat is with Michael Craig from Red Sparrow Pizza I always love stories about chefs from other countries who've heard about Melbourne and are drawn to its reputation for diversity and excellence in food I like it even more when they get here love it, stay and become part of the Melbourne community that's what Michael and his partner Shelley did when they came from Glasgow eight years ago. And not only has it been great for them, but it's also been great for us. Michael and Shelley are the team behind the wildly successful vegan venue Red Sparrow Pizza, first opening in Collingwood and then in Param. Melbourne is lucky to have them. Hi, Hi Michael. It's Jo from Conversation with the Chef. How are you? good thanks, how are you? Yeah, good thank you. Thanks for um having a chat with me today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for asking me. Oh of course. Um first of all I have to say that both my parents were born in Paisley, so I feel like I've got some kind of <laughs> connection with Glasgow, but um not a very big one <laughs> because they they lived in New Zealand for a long time after that. But um so you um, are from Glasgow and you trained as a chef yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's correct. Um yeah, I'm from Glasgow I've lived in uh, Australia for about eight years now, I think yeah um, yeah. And, uh, yeah I started off uh, in kitchens in Glasgow when I was uh, about 18 uh, 18 19 um, I started off um, just as a part-time job um, washing dishes when I was at university and then quite quickly I stopped going to university and spent more time in the kitchen, and um, I guess I was noticed by the, um, the head chef at the time at my first job, and oh, he wow. sort of trained me up um, from there, and
0: then, yeah, eventually
1: I yeah, dropped out of university and was uh, cooking full-time.
0: Yeah, what do you think it was about uh, cooking and being in the kitchen that really appealed to you?
1: Um, for me, it just, um, I, I guess, because, like I say, I was at university doing um, studying computing at the time, and um, <laughs> quite different. <laughs> it's quite different, and I was really studying that because that was what I could do well at the time. But I didn't really have passion for it. It was really just something that um, I could do. Whereas then, when yeah, you know, I was in the kitchen working, you know, even though it meant um, you know bit of my social life going over with the late nights and the, the long shifts, it was much more enjoyable um, work environment to be in, uh, in that sort of, um, you know,
0: busy, fast-paced um, environment rather than sitting behind a desk all day. Yeah. Um, so, so, so for me, I was, yeah, initially I guess brought just to the, um, you know, I found out like a fun
1: um, environment to be to be working in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my sort of cooking uh, skills sort of um, yeah, started from there. I wasn't. Um, I never really sort of felt like I was going to become a chef, but um, yeah, quite quickly just um, yeah enjoyed enjoyed the environment I found myself in.
0: What sort of restaurant were you in when you started? Uh, so the first the first restaurant I started in was like it was called Adlib, and that was in Glasgow, and it was a kind of um, American style
1: barbecue sort of place. Um, now it was very busy place, and it was very, like, everything was made, sort of, in-house, and it was all, uh, it was a very good place for me to learn mm. uh, from, but from uh, a personal side, it was a strange time, because I was also, at the same time, I was kind of questioning, I wasn't vegetarian or vegan at the time, but I was thinking about it, and that was quite a heavy, um, meat-orientated environment, and um, was... Thrown uh, into that kind of, well, it was a great place I enjoyed working in, it also kind of made me sort of question uh, my sort of ethics of working in that environment as well and um, mm. I actually became vegetarian as I was working in that sort of American barbecue kind of place, which is a sort of strange uh, yeah. sort of thing. But mm. um, yeah, um, so that's where I started and then I um, was quite fortunate there, the Head chef at the time. Um, it's quite funny. His name's Chris Orr. You know, is actually running a kitchen in Melbourne as well now. Oh. Um, i We bumped into um, yeah, about fifteen years. Wow. <laughs> later, just um, up in Preston. Um, so yeah, he um, sort of took me under his wing there, and uh, yeah, I got some training for him, and then um, that company was part of a bigger group. Which sort of sent me around um, different restaurants in Glasgow that we owned. So, you know, uh, there was like a Latin American one, a sort of French one, a more sort of um, events-focused one as well. So I got a good mix of um, experience in my sort of early years, just going around those different restaurants from uh, that group. And then I got a job at, um, The '78, which was a new uh, vegan. Uh, bar restaurant that opened up in the west end of Glasgow and that was um somewhere that I worked for five years and I was the head chef there for
0: um three or four of those years oh that's great um, <laughs> yeah uh, um
1: so that's where I was before flying out to Australia and um yeah I'd probably still be there if I uh, was still in Glasgow because that was a really good place to work and was really sort of um a good place to go after my initial few years um training because the uh that kitchen aligned more with my ethics obviously being mm. um fully vegan um but at that point um while I was still working in non vegetarian restaurants um that sort of personal uh diet had um, yeah changed a fair bit and um so that was good to be in there but then also from a chef point of view it was um a real good place to work in because the owner there was quite um relaxed with what um what we could put on the menu, and it was very much up to us who change on a, a weekly or sometimes even daily basis, um, you know, focusing quite on seasonal produce and really just sort of allowing us to um, experiment, and there wasn't really much of a limit on what we could do there. So that was, um, yeah, a good, good um, place to sort of experiment and learn as well, yeah.
0: And, and clearly, and this is sort of a naive question because um, I'm not vegan, although I do – uh, prefer to have a more plant-based um, diet, but um, and I do like cooking. But I sometimes feel like, well, maybe th- um, this is the naivety of my question: is um, going from a, a training as a chef when you're working with meat and, and um, animal products, and then shifting to vegan. What's the process? I mean, do you have to because you'd have to really start learning, about, I guess, about putting different things together because it's not as simple as just taking away meat and cheese yeah. and things, is it? So. How do you how do you do that as a chef?
1: Yeah, I guess um sort of my early sort of training was more yeah about building up flavors. Um mm. you know, starting with a base, you know, most things I start with could start with onion and garlic and then, you know, whatever spices and seasonings and you know, really you know, it's, it's easy I guess to make a, a steak taste good, but you know, if you want to um you know, really Cooking, you know, should I feel is you know building up flavors um, through you know say like herbs and spices mm. and seasonings, which you know are generally plant based anyway. Um, but I mean, I think things have you know changed quite drastically in that um, time. You know, I've been vegan for uh, you know best part of 15 years now and um, yeah, cooking you know for most of that time as well as a chef, and then um, yeah, things. Are definitely a bit different now, and the availability of um, vegan alternatives to everything is is now quite easy to come by. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you know we've came quite a long way in the past, um, yeah, the past fifteen years, and there's definitely you know anything that you want to make non-vegan, you know, you can you can make a good like, vegan alternative and if you have those fundamental skills and uh, taste to be able to, um, to, you know, not just replicating things but, you know, to be able to understand what it is that makes something taste good so you can do in a, a vegan style.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I noticed, I know that on at Red Sparrow you use um, vegan um, alternatives to meat, so pepperoni and sausage and you've got some yeah. almond cheese and those kinds of things. Are you making those yourself or are you sourcing them from someone or what? how does that work?
1: Yeah, most of the things we source, we do make. Um, mainly just our kitchen in um, in uh, our Collingwood location, which is where we first started. Our back kitchen there is, is absolutely tiny. Um, it's we took on a place that uh, it's it's quite a lot larger now because we ex- we extended it. But um, after our first year, but when we first took on, we had twenty seats inside and. The, the back, the kitchen there, um, the back kitchen for prep is like it's the smallest kitchen I've ever worked in, but it's what we could afford at the time. So mm-hmm. um, that really limits us to what we can do in terms of, um, you know, making, you know, our cheesies and that kind of thing, because we, we do go through so much because we are so busy. So a lot of those things are sourced, um, but we do make a lot of things in house. We do make mm-hmm. our, our sauces and our. Um, you know, our desserts and our, um, you know, cheesecake on just now, which, um, you know, my partner made, um, you know, we do make a lot of that kind of thing in-house, but a lot of the other things we do source and we work with our suppliers. So we have, like, our, some of our cheeses were made, uh, especially for us when we first opened, um, they're a bit more available now, but when we first opened, we worked with our suppliers to, to get those, um, things right. And, um, yeah, So, but I guess it's also it's an interesting question because it is also something that people do ask quite a lot, but we don't necessarily ask that in a non-vegan
0: place where they're not making... Well, exactly. That's so true. So it's uh, very true. It is very true. Yeah. I think I'm just a bit fascinated because when I went back to my hometown Christchurch in New Zealand, um, one of my friends, Flip Greater and her husband, um, have got a a cafe um, deli called Greater Goods, and she has experimented for years and makes um, incredible products, you know, cheeses and so on, and I know they can be really hard to make to get the same stringiness of cheese and all those kinds of things. Yeah. I, find yeah
1: you, I mean, we've, uh, we have made some things in the past, and we have experimented with it, and then particularly, I guess, in my early um, years as a chef, working in other places, um, you know, when we when done First, started working as a chef, the vegan cheese available in the UK was, was terrible. And, um, so, you know, a lot of things we would make, um, you know, out of cashews or soy um, because... in the early days. But I think things have quite dramatically changed over the, even over the past um, five years or so. Um, and what you can get commercially um, is quite hard to actually produce without the, the right equipment and the right. Um, anyway
0: absolutely yeah. right you know because we would say that about you know a, an actual dairy cheese we would you know like you wouldn't really yeah. expect a restaurant to make that so yeah. and of course they yeah. uh, you're wanting to use the the best products products out there and as you say your volume your turnover is so high I actually have yeah. tried a few times um and when we're in a normal world to go to Redsboro but it's always been busy when <laughs> I've wanted to go so I haven't got there yet but um but yeah, I do have um, friends that have been there and had a birth, eighteenth birthday, who just loved it. So, um, but it is very, you are very busy. So you've obviously really. Did you anticipate yeah. it being as busy in, in nailing it so well?
1: Um, yes and no. I obviously had confidence that it was going to be successful because I sort of risked everything to open this <laughs> lights, you know, but we have no financial backing. It's me and my partner that. Um, run this and um you know we pretty much as soon as I got my permanent residency visa to stay here we managed to get a a bank loan and our savings and just sort of try and um yeah make it work so you know I had confidence that it was going to be busy I didn't have plans to open up a second one I didn't (laughs) have plans for um I guess, I don't know, like, our first restaurant when I was saying we opened up, we had 20 seats inside, and quite quickly we realised that that wasn't enough. And uh, after our first year, we took on the lease of the building next door and um, smashed a hole in the wall and it expanded so we now can fit about 100 people in there now, um, which, yeah, definitely wasn't something I'd planned on doing. <laughs> but um, I do kind of just take things as they like, as they come and just kind of roll with it. There's not really a, a huge um, grand plan for things. But I think, you know, just going back onto the previous topic, I think, you know, one thing that makes it different is that because I am vegan and because I am a chef, I guess I've been, you know, we've been making sure that everything that we're doing is done properly and, you know, whether that's making the dough and the best techniques possible or whether it is the, the cheesies or the mock meats that we use, you know, making sure it's the what I feel is the the best available, whereas some other places that do sell vegan pizza, you know, they think, you know, well this there's vegan cheese so that that'll do but it's not you know, there's a wide variety of things out there and, you know, you need to sort of take some time and care to to source the best products.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And you'd already been working in the area at Trippy Taco, so you probably had a feel yeah. for the clientele and so on as well. But Yeah, um, I mean it's quite um you know, we opened up in Collingwood for, you
1: know, we, uh, um, you know, part of the reason I mean part of the reason for moving to this area, you know, um, was because of the, the vegan food scene and you know, I know that it's um something that's definitely in demand here, um, Trippy Taco. Um Yeah, I worked there for for three years and um, while it wasn't the most creative part of my um, uh, work career, um, it definitely was a a very busy um, place to work in and really, I guess, yeah, shows that there is, um, you know, there's a huge demand for vegan and vegetarian food in in Melbourne for sure.
0: And I guess too, when you first move somewhere, you know, you've got to get a feel for the for what's going on and so on you know but what was what brought you to Melbourne
1: um so uh, I mean we moved to Australia I mean, my partner um really became came on a we came on a working holiday visa we didn't actually have plans to stay here forever um and but well, we moved to Melbourne when we moved to um sort of Fitzroy area in particular just you know it seemed like a a cool city to compare to, you know, I live in Glasgow back home in, which is you know, it's an okay city but Melbourne's mm. you know, a lot bigger, there's a lot more going on. The the food scene over here is is incredible compared to, to, to back home. It's so, you know, I I feel it's quite um far ahead of um what's happening in the UK for sure. Mm. And um yeah, like I say the the draw of um, you know, the amount of vegetarian and vegan friendly restaurants in this area was a, a particular drop for sure um mm. but um yeah again like I say we didn't necessarily have a plan to to live here forever I just you know moved here and loved it and got a job which allowed me to to stay I just got sponsored um as a as a chef so I got my visa so right. um yeah, we just kind of, I just kind of fell in love with the sea, I guess. Yeah.
0: yeah. And now your next venture, have you? Um, I just looked and I saw the photos of the food truck. It's so beautiful. What, what a black and gleaming beast it, yeah. that is! It's gorgeous. Um, Yeah, you, it's,
1: it's very, it's very, it looks very nice now. We actually bought that. Um, we bought it second hand, so it didn't look quite so nice when we, when we got it, but it's looking, looking pretty nice now. Yeah.
0: Have you had a chance? Has it been out before this happened, or?
1: No, unfortunately not. We got it um, just, or we were looking into just as uh, COVID started to happen, but we continued with it in a way. Um, you know, our initial plan is, you know, to go to bigger events, music festivals, that kind of thing. I don't know, obviously, when that's gonna, going to happen um, again, but yeah. for just now, we're remaining optimistic that, you know, once this, the restrictions start to ease, that there's hopefully going to be a bit of demand for outdoor dining it seems like that's something that's going to happen first is um you know easing of, of outdoor dining so we're hoping that we'll be able to use that yes. fairly soon um we're still actually waiting on our oven is on its way over from italy still at the moment uh, ah, so that's still okay. to be installed the the food truck itself is all ready to go apart from the oven, which is obviously quite
0: important <laughs> <form>. <laughs> Yes, it's quite a <laughs> but, crucial um, part of the yeah, pizza process. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're fitting the sort of, um, same sort of oven as we've got our Collingwood restaurant, uh, just a sort of smaller size uh, in there, which, yeah, that should be with us fairly soon. And, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do some, some events
0: uh, in the... In the new year, I guess is what we're what we're aiming for. And how have things been for you over this time? Have you been well supported by the community and so on? Is it? Yeah,
1: yeah, we're definitely very fortunate. Um, you know our position in the community. Uh, you know, obviously our sales are are down because people aren't dining in. But it was, you know, there's definitely a lot of businesses that are um, seeing it a lot worse than us. You know, bars and um, you know pubs and hotels that kind of thing. We are. Mm. Um, yeah, we are pretty fortunate because we were already doing a strong takeaway and delivery trade, and we've got a very a good um, following. You know, our, our customers are are great, and um, you know, really been supporting us over the past um, few months. So, while well, it's been not ideal, um, yes, definitely not. Uh, you know, we've obviously had to change how we do things, but it's not been as drastic and as um. You know, as terrible as it has been for for some
0: people, we're yeah, yeah. very fortunate. Yeah, for sure. And and that aside, um, it, you know, you've had this quite, you know, quite a, a fast process, I guess, up through the kitchen to being a head chef before you left Glasgow and then head chefing here. And now you're an owner as well. And even, I mean, being a head chef has its own um, pressures and stress. Are you still able to enjoy... Um, the kitchen and cooking even though you're now an owner and chef yeah
1: for sure i mean i think it's only really been i mean the past you know six months of um the sort of covid restrictions is actually helping me to become more of a an owner and less of a chef i guess um no. you know because we're sort of leaving a lot of the, the cooking responsibilities more to our our team uh now but definitely up up until um you know recently you know I've been very very hands on in the kitchen still um, you know definitely working I mean for the first we've been, run, we've been going for three and a half years now and really for the first um, two years you know I'm working still a full time chef job uh, on top of doing my restaurant owner responsibilities so it's pretty much just a yeah, constant you know eight, eight to ten hour days seven days a week kind of thing whereas yeah, yeah definitely um but i mean part of that's just because i you know being in the kitchens where i feel most comfortable mm. and um you know I, i've never really had plans on being a restaurant owner but that's <laughs> definitely something which, uh, uh you know especially now having two can be two places at once yes. so it's definitely um yeah falling more into that that side of things now but um
0: so can no, you find no. joy from cooking at home then? Is that where you're more using Yeah, I,
1: I think we're, I'm starting to get back back to that now. Um, you know, a lot of, um, I do find in the past that, you know, the more time you spend in the commercial kitchen, the less time I want to cook for myself. Of course. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, finding a bit more more time um, to do that these days, particularly with uh, the current restrictions, meaning there's not really much else to
0: do it later for sure no, yeah. that's right yes um, well look michael thank you so much for talking too much and all the best for the um the remaining time of this crazy time and i hope that soon things will get back to, to well whatever normal is um for us all but particularly for the hospital industry <laughs> yeah thank you um yeah thanks so much for your time thanks
1: michael bye, Cheers. bye.
0: You've been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to read the full transcript of the conversation, you can go to www.conversationwithachef.com or follow me on Instagram, so you'll always be up to date with the latest conversation.